At the end, he says, pray for me that I will fearlessly proclaim the word of God. You know, I have a hard time saying pray for me. I I do. I know I'm not the only one because I will ask some of you, how can I pray for you? Oh, I'm fine. (laughs) But Paul says, pray for me that I may boldly proclaim, fearlessly proclaim the word of God. Other places in scripture, it says, pray for those who proclaim the word of God. So right now, I am asking you, please pray that I will fearlessly proclaim the word of God, that I will never lose sight of what's most important, which is sharing the gospel of Jesus in this world. And in return, I'm going to pray for you to do the same. In fact, I prayed for you this morning to boldly and fearlessly proclaim the mystery of the gospel to those that you're encountered with. Because it's not just my job, is it? It's all of our jobs. Now, God may never ask you to stand up in front of a crowd, and I know for some of you that's the greatest fear you have. And it might surprise you, it scares the heck out of me every week. But pray for each other to proclaim the gospel, because that's what it's all about. Now, we are told to pray in a few ways, and they're going to be down on the bottom here. We're told to pray in the Spirit, pray on all occasions, pray all kinds of prayers and requests, and to be alert. Pray in the Spirit, pray on all occasions, pray all kinds of prayers and requests, and to be alert. Pray in the Spirit. As a believer, the Holy Spirit lives in you. Each one of you. If you trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you have given your life to him, he's there. He's with you all the time. In Romans, we're reminded, if you get the U version app, crazy how God does this kind of stuff. But if you have the U version app, the verse of the day today was, when you don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit will take and pray for you. Isn't that crazy? It's actually... Just this morning was one of those, wow, thanks God. That's what I needed to hear. So praying in the Spirit is trusting that God's at work inside of you. And that the Holy Spirit inside of you can take care of the things we don't understand. Things we don't even know. Because you know, I look out today and I see a lot of beautiful people. But I also see a lot of hurting people. I see a lot of tired people. If I could see online and go out into the interworld web, whatever it is, we'd see a lot of hopeless people as well. But sometimes, I think, when I see somebody, everything's perfect. Because they put on a mask, right? But the Holy Spirit sees your heart. The Holy Spirit sees their heart. So if we trust that the Holy Spirit is praying and interceding and we are listening to the Holy Spirit in us, that's prayer, then we can be aware and our eyes can be open to go and speak to those even when they look like they they don't need it. Pretty cool. That's prayer in the Spirit. 
pray on all occasions. That kind of takes any excuses out, right? All kinds of prayers and requests. It means there's multiple kinds of prayers. I said that a few minutes ago, but it, it means there's multiple ways to pray. There's multiple things to pray. There's multiple times to pray. And that also to me, it means there's really not a wrong way to pray as long as your prayer is trusting God. I don't know about you guys, but I, not all of you I know grew up in the church. I grew up in a very traditional Southern Baptist church. And the only people that were allowed to pray in church, like memorized the whole Bible in King James, I think. <laughs> and, and you know, one of my great thankfulnesses is I don't think my kids know what the King James Bible is. But you remember those, those, those men who would use words that we don't use in America? Like thou and thust and knowest and hest and I don't even, lest and whatever, right? And you didn't even know what the heck they were saying. So you figured they were so holy that they were speaking a prayer language to God, maybe. That's what I thought. And I believe that as a kid, the only people, the only way to pray was to pray that way. Because even my dad prayed that way around the table. We had meals. My grandfather was Catholic, and he prayed the Catholic prayer that I can't remember that you pray right before every meal. And he prayed it so fast, we all thought he was praying it in Latin. <laughs> and for centuries, almost millennium, well, it was a full millennium, People believed that only priests could pray. And that the right way to pray was in Latin or in the King James or in whatever, Hebrew or Greek. But here's the deal. The right way to pray is how you pray. Just do it. Just pray. So if... I'm not going to tell you to cuss in your prayers because that'd be bad. But if that's all you got, and you're not doing it to God, be you. Because guess what? God knows you. He hears your heart. He can read your brain. So be you. Because prayer in its most perfect form, is authentic conversation between you and God. Um, again, I'm not telling you to cuss in your prayers. That's what I will hear about tomorrow. But what I am telling you is be you. Be you, as God already knows. And prayer is all kinds of requests. We all have different requests in our lives, right? I met someone today who's here, who's here from Lake Charles. There's a lot of prayer requests right there. There are people in here who are struggling with family members who have cancer or COVID or some disease. 
There's a lot of prayer requests right there. There's some of us who are deciding, what's our next step in life? That's a pretty big prayer request. For those of us with children or those of us who who know and love the teachers in our community, we're praying every day for our children's safety, for our teachers and our administrators and their staff, for safety. We're praying for wisdom. We're praying that our brothers and our sisters and our daughters and our sons and our parents come to know Jesus. There's a lot to be praying for. And the Bible says right there, I just read it. Lay your requests, all your requests at him. Be alert, kind of mentioned that. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Let the Holy Spirit open your eyes to when and who you need to be praying for. And then it goes on to say, always keep on praying. So we're supposed to pray continually, and we're supposed to always keep on praying. Praying for all the saints. Guess what? There are a lot more saints than Mother Teresa, even though she's a saint. Anyone who believes and trusts in Jesus is a saint, set apart for God, right? Now, yes, there are some that have been marked as as saints by the Catholic Church, which is a different deal. But those saints all start as saints, like you and me. So pray for each other. It is the key. It is the foundation. It's something we can do when we don't know what to do. It's something we can do when, when a friend of ours loses their child and we don't know what to do. It's what we can do when our parents are diagnosed with Alzheimer's or, or dementia and we don't know what to do. We can pray. And God, who guess what, knows what to do, is going to do something. And we never stop praying for each other. Pray for those who proclaim the gospel. That's all of us. Pray that we're not afraid, that we're not ashamed. Because you know what? The world needs Jesus. It's the only answer to COVID. It's the only answer to what's going to happen on November 3rd. It's the only thing that's going to, it's the only answer to whatever is going to happen today. It's Jesus. In James 5, 13 through 16, this is a very familiar scripture on prayer, but listen, is anyone among you in trouble? Let him pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. If you're sick, pray. We're good at that one, right? That's kind of the the, the one we learned in Sunday school that prayer requests right away. Pray for the sick. But when it says sing songs of praise when you're happy, that's prayer. And I don't know about you guys, that's when I'm not the best prayer. 
I hate to admit that. But when I'm happy, I forget to thank God sometimes. Or I forget to give God the credit. But man, when I'm sad or I'm sick, I'm praying like crazy. And I know I'm not the only one. Is anyone among you sick? Is anyone among us sick? There's lots of us, aren't there? Let them call the elders of the church so that they can pray over them and anoint them with oil. Why do you think the Bible says that? Why do you think the Bible says if you're sick, ask the elders to come pray over you and anoint your head with oil? It's going to be one of those simple answers. Because it works. Because God wants us to do it. And if God wants us to do it, then guess what we should do? Do it. Our elders want to pray over you. They're praying for you, but they want to pray over you. They want to anoint your head with oil. We want to see God do amazing healing miracles in this town, in this church, in this congregation. Now, do I understand how that works? Mm-mm. I don't. I am an elder and I don't understand. But I know it works. <laughs> I have seen healing. I've seen miraculous healing. But, but another reason why I think God wants us to do that is it shows our humility. Because for us to ask for someone to pray, specifically to pray over us and to anoint our head with oil, we have to humble ourselves. That's not, not any of our favorite thing to do, is it? to admit that we are in need, to admit that we need help. And the hardest, <laughs> harder even than asking someone to come pray for us is to confess our sins to each other. There's so many excuses of why we don't. Right? We're embarrassed. If, if someone only knew what I was thinking. If someone only knew the struggle I had, they wouldn't let me sit two, rows, two seats apart from them in church for sure. They would never talk to me again. They would judge me. But the scripture clearly says, clearly says, confess our sins to each other so that we can pray for each other so that we can be healed. Interesting word that God used there. Healed. Saved. Saved from the sin in our lives. Saved from the separation that sin drives into our lives between us and God. Saved. 
saved to live fully, completely how God has called us to be. And let me tell you, if you have ever been in a relationship with someone that you could be honest enough to confess your real sins and have them pray for you, encourage you, hold you accountable, you will find this one thing, and I promise you this. God will give you the strength to be healed. He'll do it. Because the power of confession and the power of prayer for your brothers and your sisters for their healing is greater than any power on earth. It's what we heard about at the beginning of Ephesians. It battles the evil one. It destroys the enemy. Don't be afraid to pray. Don't be afraid to pray for healing. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Jesus prayed all the time. That always blew my mind. Why did Jesus need to pray? He was 100% God. He was 100% human. He had it. He knew God's will. But he prayed all the time. Why do you think that is? Maybe Jesus prayed because he needed to be a good example for us, which is absolutely true. Maybe Jesus prayed because he knew in order to remain on task, to remain focused, to keep going where he was called to go, he had to be in constant communication with God. Maybe once again, Jesus was the perfect example of what it means to be a Christian, to pray. But Jesus taught us to pray. And he taught us a prayer It's pretty simple. And when we're going to go now and look at that prayer and look real quickly at the context of that prayer to help us understand a little more. So in Matthew 6, 9 through 13, it says this. Oh, sorry, not 9 through 13. I skipped part. Matthew 6, starting in verse... Oh, good night. That's hilarious. I went to Zechariah. All right. In Matthew 6, starting in verse 5, it says this. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, don't keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Now, I don't believe, based on all of Scripture, that Jesus is saying don't only pray alone at home. Because the rest of Scripture says pray all the time, pray where you are. Jesus prayed out loud, prayed in company of people, prayed everywhere he was, prayed in front, right? So, but Jesus was saying here, because it's in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, 
He was saying that for a reason, right? He was saying it because the Pharisees who had been teaching, who had been teaching the people what it meant to love God, didn't love God. They'd been teaching that, that their actions were what was important when God was saying it's your heart, right? And so Jesus was confronting the Pharisees who would honestly stand up in church, not up here like this, but out in the, in the areas where they were sitting together and make these really long King James, I mean, uh, Greek prayers <laughs> and show everybody how holy they were by the words they said. And what Jesus was saying was, prayer isn't about showing off. In fact, it's just the opposite. Prayer is about being on your knees, being humble, coming to the throne of, room of God, knowing, knowing that, that you really aren't worthy, but knowing that God cares enough about you that he wants you to do it. That's prayer. That's what Jesus was talking about. And then when he went to the pagans, it's interesting that he said the Pharisees and the pagans in the same sentence, right? And the pagans, who just kept saying the same words over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, hoping that, Jesus, that God would hear them because basically, if you study that scripture, you know that it really means that you bore God to death, that he just gives up. You nag him. That's what they were doing. That's a challenge for all of us because I know my prayer life is very similar every day. And I don't think Jesus is saying, don't do that. Don't pray for the same things every day. I don't think that's what he's saying. I think what he's saying is, don't just think that by what you do, by how much you do it, you are righteous, right? But instead, trust God because God knows what's in your heart. But he lets us ask because we need to, right? I've told this story before, I think here, I'm not sure, but just in case. When this became real to me, what this meant was when my daughter Natalie, when she was two or three, started having unexplained seizures. And she was laying in our living room with all these unbelievable first responders and the, the incredible sheriff's department of Burnett County who came out to our little country house and took care of my baby and pushed me and Amber out of the way. And we had to just sit and watch our baby and then they said, you can't go with us. And Amber got in the ambulance with Natalie and the baby and went, and I was by myself. And I prayed, I won't lie, I might have sounded like a babbling idiot to God that day. But I prayed the same prayer over and over from Marble Falls to Dell Children's Hospital, God, take care of my baby. She's yours. I bet you I prayed that prayer a thousand times. I sure hope that that's not what Jesus was talking about here. But here's the deal. I know that's not what Jesus is talking about here because the Father knows my heart. 
And my heart was, you're the only one that can save my baby. And I need you to do that. So I don't know. And he did. That's right. But prayer. Prayer's what we got. And then Jesus said at the end of Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13, this is what he said. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. That's a powerful prayer. But man, is it short. But maybe Jesus was living out what he just said, right? Because look at the power in the prayer. It starts out adoring God, glorifying him. So our prayer should adore and glorify God, our Father in heaven. Father, we trust you, Dad, right? Isn't that what that means? Hallowed be your name. You are bigger, better, and more important than everything in the world. Remember that everything is God's will. That God's in control. And you can trust him. Right? Isn't that what that means? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, it's your will, not ours. Give us today our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive those who debt against us. Ask God for what you need. In this instance, bread probably meant more than just what you eat. Probably meant your spiritual bread. Trust that God will give you what you need. Confess your sins. Jesus didn't get into it because he didn't have any, but he said, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who, debt, who have <laughs> forgive." The, our debtor, sorry. Right? Tell God what's wrong. And ask him for help. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now, I am not one of those people who think that it is wrong to pray a written prayer. In fact, I think some of the most powerful prayer experiences you can have are using prayers other people have written. They can guide you and they can change your heart and they can help you put into words things that you, you aren't able to. So I believe sometimes just praying the Lord's Prayer is okay. In fact, it's powerful. But I also think it's a model. And it's a model that we are about to do in here right now. So for the next few minutes, what we're going to do is we're going to pray based on the Lord's Prayer. We're going to have a little time of just adoring and glorifing God. And, and it it's, it's, does not have to be an out loud time. This is going to be an individual or a family time where you can pray together as a family or you can pray by yourself. 
and I'm just going to guide it. We'll have some word, some, some things up there, but we're going to praise God. We're going to thank God. We're going to confess to God, which you might want to do to yourself or to somebody you really trust. And then we're going to ask God to supply our needs. And the reason why we're going to do that is because Jesus told us to do it. And the other reason we're going to do it is because we, as a church, need to do it. Whatever happens with Lakeshore's church moving forward can only happen by prayer. And so we are a house of prayer. We are a family of prayer. So we should probably pray. So let's take a few moments. I just asked where you are. I mean, if you're a close your eyes, bow your head person, do that. If you're a keep your eyes open because you get vertigo, keep your eyes open. As I said, there's no right way to pray. If you want to pray as a family, then separate a little more where you guys can pray quietly together or just pray as individuals. But there's going to be some silence, and during the silence, fill it with your prayers to God, whether it's internally or even externally. So let's pray. Let's spend some time praising God for who he is. Now let's spend some time thanking God for all the things he has done for us. spend some time confessing to God where we need healing whether it's personal or sin or sickness or illness or it's friends or family in the same way
let's ask God for, for what's in our heart. Almighty and powerful creator, maker, savior, rock, fortress. God, we love you. We thank you, God, that you have brought us together. We thank you, God, that we live in a country where we are free to worship you. We thank you, God, for our family. We thank you, God, for this congregation, for this family. We thank you, God, that you care about us. We thank you for your son, Jesus. God, we know that we have not lived up to the standards set forth. We know that we have not always answered your call to share the gospel. We know that there are things in our lives that have separated us from your love. God, give us the strength by the power of Jesus through the Holy Spirit living in us to overcome so that we can get rid of those things. God, we pray for those who are sick. Pray for those who are lost in sin. We pray for those who don't know you. We pray for those that are hurting. We ask God that you take care of them. We trust you with them, God. We, we pray that you show us each, and indi- each as individuals, e- as a congregation, and as a, as a church universal, how we can better serve you, how we can show others you. God, we pray for those, each and every one of us, who proclaim the word, that we may be fearless in the proclaiming of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, if there is anything that COVID has reminded me of, it is how much this world needs you. God, give Lakeshore's church the strength to be a praying church. Give each of us strength to pray continually and in all circumstances. And to be your hands and feet. In this world we live. Amen. Thank y'all. I'll, I'll pay y'all back some time next week. Except for I heard I paid you time last week. I was really short. <laughs> I pray you guys have a great week. Use tomorrow for what it was designed for. Even in our secular world, Labor Day was meant as a Sabbath. So use it as a Sabbath. A day of rest. A day to recoup. Enjoy yourselves. 
pray for those that are sick, and we love you guys, and we'll see you next week.